Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, April 14th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Millions of people have fled from Ukraine since Russia invaded in February. Some Ukrainians in the St. Louis region have played a key role in getting their loved ones out. I was calling and contacting just random people and trying to arrange their their evacuation. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid will have the story of two Ukrainians who escaped and reunited with their son in St. Charles. The addiction science team of the University of Missouri-St. Louis says opioid overdose deaths among black people in the region have surged. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, a coalition of doctors, researchers, and community partners is working to address the crisis. Opioid-related deaths among black people in St. Louis and St. Louis County increased by more than 30 percent in 2020. New data show overdose deaths among black city residents continued to climb last year, despite declines among white residents. A new initiative is working to provide more comprehensive services for black drug users, including better access to treatment and life-saving medications. Kanika Cunningham is a family medicine doctor in St. Louis who's working with the initiative. I think it's beyond time for us to really focus and be intentional about our efforts because our people are dying, our black people are dying. Cunningham was a guest on St. Louis on the Air. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. The Republican-led Missouri House has voted to allow local elections over whether transgender girls can compete on K-12 girls' sports teams. House members added the provision to an elections bill. Missouri's current public high school sports rules already prohibit transgender girls from competing on girls' teams unless they are undergoing hormone therapy. Two transgender girls have been approved to play on Missouri girls' teams in the past decade. Republican supporters say it's unfair for transgender girls to compete against other girls. Democrats say there's no issue with transgender athletes in Missouri, and Republicans are pushing the proposal to win primaries. The Missouri Attorney General has refiled charges against three men involved in the sinking of a tour boat on Table Rock Lake in 2018. The Midwest Newsroom's Steve Ockrott reports the charges come days after a judge tossed out a previously filed case. Seventeen people died when a strong storm battered a duck boat that had just started a sightseeing tour on the lake. The captain, Kenneth McKee, and two others were accused of putting profits ahead of passenger safety. Their attorneys have argued that while the sinking was a tragedy, it didn't rise to the level of a crime. Judges dismissed two previous attempts to bring criminal charges against those three men. Just last week, one of the judges ruled that there was not enough evidence that a crime had occurred. But now Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who is running for the U.S. Senate, has refiled the charges. Attorneys for the defendants say they are disappointed in that decision. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Steve Vokrat in Kansas City. A Webster Groves school has reinstated a mask requirement. The school district says on its Facebook page that the number of new COVID-19 cases at Hickson Middle School has surpassed 1.5% of the building population. That is the threshold the board has set for face coverings at this point of the pandemic. Students, staff, and visitors at Hickson Middle School will be wearing masks indoors for the next couple of weeks. An effort to give more people access to legal help in St. Louis County is expanding to a second location. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports on a new tap-in center 
from a coalition of advocacy groups, prosecutors, and public defenders. The first center opened in the St. Louis County Library branch on Florissant Road in the fall of 2020. It gives individuals with warrants a place to get help with their cases without the risk of arrest. Now, a second Tappan Center has opened at the Lewis and Clark branch, also in North County. Attorney Taylor Burroughs works with the Tappan Center as part of a grant from the MacArthur Foundation. She says the new location will make it easier for more people who need services to access them. It's a lot closer to a bus route. It's a bit easier if you're coming from St. Louis City to get to that location as opposed to the fluorescent location. People who need help can also call 314-669-6185. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. More than 4 million Ukrainians have left their homes since this year's Russian invasion. Many are in refugee camps or other living arrangements in Western Europe. Some have made it to the United States and St. Louis. One couple fled Ukraine to reunite with their son in St. Charles, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports. On a quiet cul-de-sac tucked behind the St. Charles Convention Center, a Ukrainian flag flutters outside one of the houses. The blue and yellow hues help the home stand out from its neighbors. Inside, we meet Volodymyr Zrybniak and his family. This is my parents. My name is Victor. Volodymyr and his wife have lived in the area since 2011, but his parents, Viktor and Svetlana, have only been there about a month. They never expected they would need to leave Kharkiv, Ukraine, their home of 40 years. Viktor and Svetlana were like many Ukrainians and didn't think Russia would actually invade. Deep in my heart, I did not want to believe that Russia would attack because Russia had given assurances of fraternal help but it all turned out to be a hoax. He says they did prepare, stocking extra food and medicine, but hoped the war wouldn't affect them. Then shelling started to hit Kharkiv, which is less than an hour from the Russian border. Victor says he and his wife were unable to leave their home on the seventh floor because the elevators in their building were disabled. We were terrified of each attack, realizing that the next shelling could hit our house. There were several houses nearby that had already been destroyed. In the early days of the invasion, Viktor and Svetlana stayed in close contact with their son Volodymyr, who worked with his sister to find any way to help their parents escape. I never experienced such situations before when I was calling and contacting just random people and trying to arrange their, their evacuation. A way out of the country eventually materialized in early March. Volodymyr says he called his parents with the news and told them they had an hour to pack. They grabbed essentials like documents and medicine and left mostly everything else behind. It was very difficult for us to decide to escape from here because everything is there. Our life we lived, everything there, we left as it is. On their way out of Kharkiv, Victor says they saw the aftermath from Russia's attack, burned out cars and destroyed homes. But he says the most difficult part of the journey were the many military checkpoints they passed through on their journey west. Documents were checked very carefully, and this, of course, slowed down our movement and introduced some nervousness because armed people were inspecting our documents 
It took four days to traverse from Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine to the western border with Hungary. That's about the same distance as St. Louis to Washington, D.C. Victor says a weight lifted when they finally crossed the border. We had saved our lives, escaped from the shelling. We had already begun to think about what lies ahead. It was no longer fear. It was hope. Four days later, they arrived in Frankfurt to fly to Chicago where their son would be waiting. Volodymyr says he barely slept coordinating his parents' eight-day journey out of Ukraine because of the eight-hour time difference. Never wish anyone to experience this. It's, it's mentally draining. You want to be there and to do something physically, but you, you simply cannot be there. While he's relieved his parents are under his roof now, Volodymyr says they still face challenges. He says their travel visa will expire in a matter of months, likely before it'll be safe to return to Ukraine. I don't want to come to the point where I need to make a decision if I'm a rule follower or I am for the safety of my parents. As a naturalized U.S. citizen, Volodymyr says he was encouraged when President Biden announced the U.S. would accept 100,000 refugees. He says he's frustrated now because it appears little has changed since the announcement. We have a saying that if you said something, do it, or better, don't say this. Volodymyr says his next priority is getting his two siblings and their families to the U.S. from the German refugee camps they're staying at right now. He adds most of the other Ukrainian families in St. Louis are in the same situation, either housing family members who managed to escape or waiting for a way to get them here. In St. Charles, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.